Hello, my bariatric babes, and welcome back to another episode. I'm so glad you're here. Took a little time off, and we are back. I have some great episodes coming your way. Today, I talk with Leslie, and she and I dive deep into relationships and what life can look like post-op, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because all of those things exist. So I just want to thank you for being here again. And I will also know that the audio is not always great. It's a really good episode with lots of info, but I do have to say the audio quality is not the best. So just a warning, just so you know, I'm always working on on that. (laughs) So That is your heads up. Again, thank you for being here. Hi, Leslie. Welcome to the Bariatric Breakdown. Hi, Bailey. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share. I'm so glad that we were able to find time to talk about um, your story and so that you can share a little bit more about you. Um, I will say we, I don't, remember how we connected on Instagram, but you shared some really useful information. And so I felt like it was worth sharing with everyone. And so I'm super glad that we can make this happen today. I was hoping that you could start off by sharing just a little bit about you and your experience and um, just a, a quick little bio for us. Okay. Well, I am a mom. Um, I have two biological children of my my own. I have two bonus kids. With that, I have a very busy schedule. I also have a career. Um, and I just like to go back to, I don't like to rewind too much because I'm always about living forward and uh, just moving forward in my life. But I'll rewind a little bit back to I had a doctor's visit with my primary care physician and she had recommended that it was time for me to get on high blood pressure medication. And my response, I had a knee jerk reaction to that simply because I knew that wouldn't be a solution for my long-term health. She then educated me on what my options were and said that I might be a good candidate for weight loss surgery. Okay. I was 222 pounds and I didn't realize I can qualify for weight loss surgery, but I did. And she referred me to Dr. Eric Smith. He performed my surgery in August of 2015. And he did the sleeve on me. Um, And that's where I actually found you on Instagram. I saw you being a good cheerleader of him. And I appreciated that. I was like, I want to friend her. I like her. I like that energy. We need more of that. I love it. So that's why I followed you. And, um, you know, so that's where I started with how I went and understood what weight loss surgery was, what my options were, and had it. But I think, you know, then you go to – the physical part, you know, a lot of people are scared. Oh my gosh, you're going under, you're going to have surgery. But healing from surgery was, wasn't difficult at all for me. And I actually had my tubes tied and had my gallbladder removed at the same time. But what Dr. Smith, how he performed the robotic surgery, it was just such an easy, um, 
kickback, I would say. I think the biggest part, you know, was healing from the environment of being in an unhealthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what is difficult. Uh, and I think we don't understand how difficult it is until you make this life decision. And, you know, I my mom came to stay with me and she was eating or ordering in orange chicken, Chinese food. Um, when my husband came to pick me up from the hospital with the kids, they're eating Chick-fil-A. Oh, gosh. I, like, they, but they didn't know. Like, it's you don't know what you don't know. They didn't understand. But I can't eat. I'm on a liquid diet. Right. Uh, and I, I can hardly even drink the little protein packets that they're giving you. So uh, that was, like, the biggest struggle for all of it was, was – the environment I was putting myself in. So I think that relearning, um, you know, how to involve yourself with others. I had to unlearn all of that. I had to create new ways of socializing, dating my, my spouse and vacationing, etc. I Not many people want to go and go hiking or bicycling or running or doing that, you know, relearn being active. And what that means is that you might find that journey gets lonely Hmm. and that's okay too. (laughs) I I had to like accept that, you know, that you, if you think about all your family gatherings are revolved around food and who's bringing what, um, or, you know, when you go on vacation, you know, where are you going to go out to eat? What are you going to eat? So having to learn what restaurants you're going to and do they offer the types of foods that you're wanting to eat to maintain this lifestyle change? Because you're no longer going to choose fried chicken and mashed potatoes. And I mean, maybe you can have mashed potatoes, but you just have to relearn the types of food that you can eat. Right. So um, I have a couple questions. When, when your primary care physician suggested surgery, you said you didn't even think that that was an option. And so my question is like, had you struggled with your weight your whole life or had you gained weight in a certain amount of time or like, how did. Great question. I appreciate that. Um, No, I, you know, I would say that I'm five, six. Um, and I have an athletic build, but I was maybe like naturally 170, five, six. That's healthy as an athletic mm-hmm. build. It's not, I wasn't a skinny girl. Um, and I still am not a skinny girl and I'm okay with that. But I, I think that I did struggle. I moved from Washington state to Eastern Kentucky and the environment was completely different. The lack of recreational, like you, you just can't go ride your bike on the side of the road. Um, they don't have bike lanes. They, the uh, recreational things that you can do just are limited. Okay. And um, the food choices are extremely limited. So when I relocated, like I, I never went to fast food restaurants. That was not a thing before. And I had a 24 hour fitness gym next to me. They didn't have 20, they didn't have gyms that ran 24 hour fitness in Eastern Kentucky at okay. this time. And so I created a lot of unhealthy habits when I relocated. And in addition to, I had my first child when I was 19 years old and I was in college and she died 10 days before her first birthday. 
I was told that I thank you. I was told that I couldn't have thank you. I was told I couldn't have children. And so when I had her, she was a blessing. Um so after that I was pregnant. I have I've been pregnant seven times and I have two children of my own. So I think that I coped with my depression of that with eating. So I gained a lot of weight um, through my pregnancies and through the losses. um, And I just wasn't prioritizing my health. I'm blaming it on that. I don't know. I don't like to do that. But that is really the the trauma that I went through. So there was trauma. um, And I just didn't cope with it in a healthy way. Yeah. Uh, So I I gained a lot of weight and I struggled to get it off. Yeah. Oh, I think a lot of us have that same, that same thing where whether it's one event or several events and then food becomes your coping mechanism. It became my coping mechanism. And then it was just so ingrained that it was so hard to stop. And I felt like in my head, I knew what healthy food was. I knew about nutrition. I knew all these things, but it was so hard to implement it. Yes, implement it because it was so ingrained and it was such a, I had been doing it for so long. I had been using food as a coping mechanism for so long that you know, I would try to lose weight and I would maybe stick with it for, you know, a few weeks or a few months or I'd get, you know, always looking for the newest whatever diet plan, workout plan. And I really had good intentions and I really wanted it to work, but I was, I was just, I would just inevitably I would end up struggling and then it wouldn't work. And then, you know, it was just kind of this cycle. So I think a lot of people can absolutely relate with, with how that happens, you know? Yes. It's a a cycle that feels like it's never ending. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So weight loss surgery was a a really good tool to help me reset. That's exactly what I call it. I call it that it was like a lifestyle reset for me. It was drastic enough that it kind of threw me into making changes. And I think that's why it's worked. So I'm happy to hear the same for you, that it was like a reset for you as well. Absolutely. So was your family supportive um, when you decided to have surgery? I appreciate that question as well. Um, No, uh, my husband was. He was supportive with the idea, right? Okay. but my 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 siblings, my father, um, was very like that is you know the the easiest they'd make jokes about. I mean, it's not nice jokes, but I mean that you know just stop putting the food in your mouth, you know, just put the spoon down or put the fork down. Um, and you know, if it was that easy, right? I would put the fork down and put the spoon down. But it, it is behaviors that right. And, and you said that you knew the foods that were healthy and I really didn't understand calorie counting before. Like I didn't understand macronutrients before. Okay. And 
through this journey, I educated myself with that. So I knew like a, a just of what was healthy and what was bad. But I didn't realize how bad juice was, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, like my liquid calories, my coffee creamer. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, so that's those hidden calories that you just, you don't realize. Um, so no, my family was not supportive at first. So I'd like to also share, eventually, my mother ended up getting weight loss surgery. And um, so she became supportive. But through this journey, um, my husband was supportive at first. And then I had surgery August 2015. And then in January 2020, I had a mommy makeover with Dr. Brad Turner. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's, we call it a mommy makeover, but it's not just for mommies. It's for people that have extra skin uh, that, you know, want some reconstruction to their body. Yeah. So I had Tell a me lot about of it. extra skin. Okay. I had a lot of extra skin and things weren't where they needed to be. Um, they weren't where they were before I ever got pregnant. Um, and I was ready to, like, I'd already invested in the weight loss surgery. I already invested in you know changing the trajectory of my life so i was ready to quit looking in the mirror i wanted to put on clothes and feel good not like i dreaded shopping before even after i had weight loss surgery it was it felt so good i couldn't i remember going into the store and um trying on like buying a size nine just because i assumed i was a size nine and I had to drive 45 minutes back to that store and get a size five. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, I never thought I would be that size. I went from like a, I was wearing a size 20 in some of my suits to the majority of the time I was still wearing my maternity clothes because it moved with me and to, to that difference. So even though I was in that smaller size, I had this extra skin that I had to tuck my stomach in and, um, my boobs just weren't where they were before after the weight loss, weight gain and uh, bearing children. So part of this transformation, you know, of this weight loss and living this healthier lifestyle, I lost my husband and we divorced shortly after I had my mommy makeover. Um, it was just a, it was a war with, uh, I was wanting to bicycle or run and eat healthy and, it wasn't that my husband didn't like those things. It was just so scary for him to see me. It was hard for him to see me and my confidence to live again. And so he got scared because I I think it was more, he didn't, uh, he wasn't able to, look at me and appreciate my confidence and my growth because it would make himself evaluate his lack of progress or lack of changing like his choices. So he just, I think it was really like he wasn't happy with himself. So we were apart for maybe six months. (laughs) Um, And, you know, honestly, I, I really just wanted him to treat me better, talk to me better um, embrace this change with me. And so while we were divorced, he, 
got all into eating healthy and going to the gym. And he's a, he's an animal now. If you've seen my Instagram stories, um, he looks great, right? He's constant. Like yeah. he motivates me. We're going, when I'm not feeling like going to the gym, he's like, come on, let's go. I don't, I don't care if you're just there to watch me because he knows if I go, I'll do something. So he's like, I don't care if you're just on the treadmill, you're going to the gym with me. So, um, I, so now, now everything's great and we're happy and we live this healthy, uh, lifestyle together. So we model that for our children. It's not just, I'm doing it for me and myself. I have, I have to model for my kids. So prior to weight loss surgery, you know, I had four kids and I, and I have two bonus sons and I would have to go pick them up from school and sports and all that. And I wasn't comfortable in my maternity clothes. I wasn't like when I wasn't pregnant, right? This is a clothes. Yeah. I wasn't comfortable with myself. I didn't have the energy to run around with them on the soccer field. Like I wanted to, I used to play soccer. I, I wanted to be that person. I wanted to help coach. Now I'm helping coach their soccer teams. Um, I wanted, you know, I'm running with my daughter when she does girls on the run. Um, I, I've got my whole family involved in this. My kids have Fitbits now. They track their steps. They understand that, you know, we eat healthy. And, um, and I, I don't believe in, like, full restriction and being – I don't count my kids' calories or whatever. I just want them to be educated on it in comparison to where I was. Like, I didn't understand that stuff yeah. until after my last surgery. So, yeah, we um, – we do it as a family now. We walk as a family. We bike as a family. We do things all the time as a family that's active. So what that means is that, you know, I don't have, I've got four, three sisters and a, my brother, um, and they don't come running with me or walking with me. When we get together, we're not, like, we don't get together as much as we used to before. Before, it was like every weekend we had family at our house. Now, maybe once every four months. And it, it's not just family. It, it's, you know, I, you find that your journey becomes uh, less and less until you meet new people that have, I guess, like lifestyles. Yeah. Um, that's just part of it that you don't realize is going to be part of it. You think this is just, Oh, I'm going to have to watch what I eat and I'm going to lose this weight. And I'm going to feel great. Yeah. That's, that's part of it. But, but, you know, the health benefits. I don't have to take blood pressure medication. I don't have to take any medications. Um, but you also have to, the, the raw truth of it all is that, you know, you have to disassociate yourself with people that may not uh, support you. Yeah. And it, it just can be, you can, you just learn to be happy with your own autonomy. And that can be really hard for people. And depending on what kind of lifestyle, you know, we're in, that can look different for different people. You know, I'm like, I'm not married. And so I didn't have a spouse that supported me or didn't support me. So I've never had to deal with that part of it. Um, but I mean, like you said, the relationships with your family or work or all those things do change. And, um, and so I'm glad you brought that up and that we're talking about it because it is something for people to be aware of. And it, it can be sad and hard when relationships change because we're changing and 
and you know, I'm, I'm really, really happy to hear that everything is good with your family now and your kids and your husband and that you all work out together and you have that healthy lifestyle. That's what I want. I want, you know, to have an active life and an active husband and kids and do things together. And one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking is, you know, kids and food. And I think that is such an interesting topic, you know, how, what's the best way to talk to kids about that kind of stuff. And especially girls. I mean, I know boys struggle with their weight, but I just, I know my experience being a teenage girl and, you know, always thinking about my weight and, you know, my, my mom talked to me about it and I know it was because she wanted the best for me, but I think it, definitely changed our dynamic because I was always, it was always kind of something that was there for us. And it was an awkward topic sometimes. And so I'm so curious about how do you raise kids and especially girls around food and health? And do you talk about it? Do you never talk about it? I mean, you know, I've, I've read and heard some different things. Um, and that's yeah. always something I'm curious about. Yeah, no, I think that you're going to have your critics either way, right? Um, but how you parent is your decision, right? But I yeah. understand the caution that you want, you know, not just I, my parents were not nice to me about weight or any of that. They were, my parents were both Marines and um, they were very uh, direct. So Sting. Okay. I, I, because of that, I, I understand um, how sensitive and hurtful it could be as a child. So, and it, I would say it's just as sensitive for uh, my 10 year old daughter as it is for my eight year old son or my 16 year old son. Um, yeah. They're all, we all, whether we're male or female, we all have these body insecurities or dysmorphia. You know, we have this, we see the media and this expectation of what we're supposed to look like. So I think it's our responsibility as parents to create the environment, not necessarily say you can't eat this, but what I choose to buy at the grocery store and bring home to my family is creating that environment. Yeah. So I also don't believe in not having any goodies, right? Um, So I've got some Rice Krispie treats. My kids, you're allowed to have one for a snack a day but they don't because it's there they don't care they, they don't crave for it it's something they want to binge eat um so my family my parents they didn't allow any of that stuff in the house so when we did have it or did get access to it we would binge eat it and yeah. um because they restricted it so much and so for my kids like i do like my daughter, if she, or my son, if they want something sweet, I'll cut up some strawberries and blueberries and I'll spray all kinds of whipped cream in it and I'll put a square of cho- dark chocolate in it. Um, <laughs> it's really not that bad. But yeah. I also, I've, how I talk to my kids about um, food, I do talk about it. I'm like, we need to be accountable. And I really just use, 
I don't try to talk to them about their specific weight. We do have a, a scale that we can weigh ourselves on, uh, but I don't want them to really focus so much on, on the scale. I want them to focus more on their behaviors. So how they're being active or what foods they're choosing to eat. Like I did have my kids, I did educate my kids on what calories are and how many calories we should be consuming in the day. And if we're active that day or that week, if we're really active, we can consume a little bit more, but understand what those calories are. Are they high? My kids will tell you, I'll say what's for dinner. And they're like, I don't know, high protein, low calories. I love it. <laughs> so like they, they eat edamame, um, noodles with uh, scallops or shrimp or boneless skinless chicken. I don't short order cook. Whatever I'm cooking for myself and my husband, it goes for my children as well. Okay. So I think that environment is your responsibility as a parent. But when we create this, oh, well, I make this for me and I make this for the kids, um, you're, you're confusing your children. So um, that, that's just what I do personally. And I don't judge anybody else on how they do it. Um, my kids, we, we only have water or like skim milk in our house. Um, and they don't, if they have milk, it's with their cereal. They don't really crave, like I grew up on a lot of juice, cranberry juice, grape juice, apple juice, orange juice. Um, but we weren't allowed to have soda pop. Um, okay. so it, it, either one, it's sugar, right? If my kids get if they do get soda, it's usually um, like my daughter and son rather have diet root beer or uh, because they just think it tastes better. It doesn't taste as sweet. So yeah. yeah, I think you, you talk about that topic, but I also would like to talk about um, how weight loss surgery before and after impacted me with work and my perspective on that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, my experience and my perspective, you know, prior to weight loss surgery, I had the qualifications, I had the education, I had the experience for the job, right? But I didn't have the looks, right? I, I was wearing maternity clothes, I was heavy. Uh, at this time when I was looking for after I graduated college and I had had my kids, uh, I was aggressively looking for a career we went to college we want to we want to work right we want to make money and um I, i'm all for the moms that want to stay at home but that's just not for me i have to have more purpose than that so i love i love feeling like i have a purpose outside of the house in addition to you know being mom but um my experience with that was very disheartening and I used to tell myself I was going to write a book on it, but I definitely felt like I was um, mistreated and kind of bullied around because I was smart and I could do the job and they needed me. But I, I definitely felt like there's favoritism to somebody being more attractive. And I can say that because how I look now and what's happened, I want to say, since COVID happened, and we started working from home, I had the time to focus more on my health and my diet and exercise than I ever did. And that was also after I had my mommy makeover. So I no longer had that extra skin. And 
I'm now getting ready to start a new job with a new company after I've been with the other company for eight years. Okay. And my employer had seen me twice in two and a half years with COVID. Twice. Wow. I got a 25% increase after seeing me twice. Didn't ask for it. Before I worked way harder, was also always going above and beyond and, you know, just got an annual increase that the rest of the company got. Um, and I was constantly, I felt like I was constantly fighting to prove myself. But after I had weight loss surgery and my mommy makeover, I started caring less because I understood my value that I didn't feel like I had to prove myself. And I believed that the right opportunity would come to me if this, if I didn't move in the right direction with the company I was with. So after seeing my employer or boss and the group of people I worked for twice after two and a half years, I received a phone call that I got a 25% increase in my, oh my salary. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a little, like, I, I'm just going to sit with that for a little bit. Right. And then, you know, during COVID I'm getting, or not COVID, but the working from home, um, I'm getting uh, recruited through LinkedIn and, you know, my profile picture is a little different on my LinkedIn. And, but it's not because of, they can't see me really, right? So it's because of my qualifications. But I'm realizing my market value. And I haven't applied for any jobs at all. But then I get this recruiter reach out for, to me for this new opportunity. And they offered me an opportunity that I just couldn't reject. It, it's a 43% increase. Wow, and, Leslie, that's amazing. And in this interview, and I'm sharing this with you because it sounds vain and it's not what I mean for it to sound like. It's just, I've been to the point where I went to interview after interview after interview and they'd accept me, but they wanted me to accept lower pay. And as a mother, it had to be enough to offset the time with my family and childcare and all of that. So I couldn't just accept anything, right? Um, and I wanted to be happy with the job that I was going to build my career on. Um, so now I went for an interview and I didn't even feel like I was being interviewed. Like they, they didn't even want to see my resume. I had resumes for each person I had, inter I had to interview with like six different people. And nobody asked me questions about my skill set. They had a hard time looking at me. They smiled, they blushed, they were very kind curious and they treated me like a princess they're like do you have questions for me i'm like actually i do yeah. and um so the ex that experience um it's hurtful as much as it is liberating yeah so i can understand that it, you know because you know i didn't go to school and get these qualifications and i think that sometimes people might use that as an excuse well i shouldn't have to you know, they should want to hire me because that's, that's the truth. But we live in a very, um, uh, what's the right word? We live in a, a world where, you know, it's only natural for somebody to select what they're attracted to. And not saying that I wasn't an attractive, heavy woman, right? But I see and I feel and I live the difference. And 
it does hurt me and I respect and love the people that have loved me from the beginning and to where I am today because those things didn't matter to them and, and the relationship's genuine. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I my question is, do you think that you act different now that you feel confident, you know your worth, you've worked hard? Do you think you act different now? Do you think you project something different than you did before when you were heavier and you felt maybe insecure or unhappy in the clothes you were wearing or something like that? Right. So I, I do think that naturally I would project more confidence, but I think what was, um, what I had before was, you know, now my, my hairstylist, she said to me, she was like, now your body matches your personality. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you've always been this beautiful, confident person, but you know, and she meant that in the best way possible, but I was confident before I loved me. I knew that I was this big, colorful personality that just always wanted to believe the best in anybody and uh, be positive and work hard. And, you know, I had that confidence, but now I I don't mind to wear a two piece bikini. I would not have wore that before weight loss surgery and I would not be taking, I, so Dr. Smith has asked for pictures several times and it's like gut wrenching for me to try to dig through and find them. But I have very few because I demanded to not be in camera or in the pictures. Oh yeah. Um, now like people will probably think, Oh, she's so vain. She takes pictures all the time. But if they knew my story, my journey, like I hid from the camera for so many years and I missed so many memories with those pictures, like not having those pictures with my family, my children, my friends that I was hiding. I wasn't living. So now I feel like I'm living and I want to be in front of the camera and being in front of the camera and taking those pictures and posting those or those stories. If that's what keeps you accountable, do it. Because sometimes I look at that and I'm like, Ooh, I need to quit eating this or I need to work out and do this or, you know, Oh, I'm so proud of myself. I'll look back and I'll just say, you know, I might not be as small as what I like to be, but I am so proud of how far I've come. And Absolutely. I, I, so I think that, yes, my confidence has uh, grown, but I was definitely a, a confident woman before. Um, but now I'm not worried about, you know, what I wear. I can put on anything and feel good in it. Yeah. And that, that is a feeling that you can't even really describe or explain. It just, it feels really good to feel comfortable, I think. I mean, just even buying undergarments, like panties and bras, you don't think about those things, but how different you feel with putting pretty panties on. And I know, Bailey, you put these little pictures on there. I see your before and after, and I'm like, you know, she's going to feel a lot better. I know how that feels when you you put those panties on and they feel good. For sure. (laughs) Like they're rolling down. Um, those things are different. I mean, you're not even talking about the dresses or the jeans or right. Everything. Well, and I'll just say like, I think we have this very special community of in the weight loss community, Instagram area arena um, that when I see 
see people posting, when I see you or anyone else posting photos, I never think, oh, that person is so vain. They're so full of themselves. I look at that and I'm like, I am so excited for them that they're feeling good and that they they are changing their life and that they're happy. And maybe somebody outside of the weight loss community, who cares what they think anyway, but maybe somebody else. <laughs> think that. I never think that. And I have my Instagram full of people that I love to cheer on. I love to see it motivates me. You mentioned accountability. It's accountability for me too. I want this to be my lifestyle. And I don't ever want to go back and I have gained weight and lost weight in the past. And so I know what that feels like. I know what that looks like and I don't ever want to do that again. And so for me, it it is motivation and accountability. So I never look at something and think, oh God, she's too, you know, whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for them. And I, I truly, truly mean that. I appreciate that. And we need more of that. We truly need more of that. Um, my boss, when I let him know that I was going to be leaving, he complimented me so much on how much I'd grown and developed and told me, you know, if I can, he said, you have grown so much since when you first started. He, he said, your confidence, he said, so you, you talked about that or yes and I, so maybe his perspective. So maybe I don't, I see myself as always being confident and maybe a little bit more now, but he said to me, he said, take that confidence that you have and that optimistic personality you said and go anywhere with it you could do mm-hmm. anything with that so i you know i i do appreciate him and for him for saying that to me and for him you know he fought for me to get the job to begin with um and he never i never felt like he looked at me in that like how much I weighed or didn't weigh or any of that right he's like as long as you're happy with yourself that's all that matters so I, I do appreciate him for being that way about it. But, you know, his perspective is that I have this uh, big amount of confidence and positive attitude towards life. And, you know, I, I think that's really what we need to spread. It needs to be contagious. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so happy that you are, that you've, you know, earned this next opportunity and that you're going to start something new and, make more money. And I mean, that's always exciting. Um, and, and so that's amazing. I'm, I'm really, really happy for you. I appreciate that. Now, I think that, you know, sharing that is a lot to share, but I, I wanted to be honest, just like I was honest about, you know, I, I my husband and I got divorced. I, I think those are things that people don't talk about that need to be talked about, right? That the marital relationships sometimes end or, you know, get really bumpy. And uh, so I think that was important to talk about. I also think it's important to talk about, you know, the reality of uh, the world that we live in. Sometimes when you invest in yourself and your health and you invest before you can invest in a relationship with your partner or your children or uh, your employer, you have to invest 100% in yourself. And then you invest in everybody else. When you do that and you actually prioritize your health, it, it's just a domino effect. Everything else just trickles down. Like your, your relationship with your spouse or your relationship with your family members or 
your relationship with your children, your employer, it all turns in. And that doesn't mean they want to be around you all the time because you're really, you're just making them reflect on what they aren't doing, but your relationship flourishes in a positive direction in all aspects. Oh yeah. I do think the culture is shifting a little bit to where we are talking about it more that this self-care and, you know, you can't fill from an empty cup and all these kinds of things. I do think that's changing a little bit and I'm happy about that because I completely agree. If, if you are not taking care of yourself, it's very hard to take care of other people and, you know, continue to drain yourself. Yes. Yes. So I, I do think that it's kind of talked about more and um, encouraged more for, I keep saying like women and moms because we're both women and that's, that's what I have in my head. But of course the same goes for men and dads, you know, you, everybody has to take some time for themselves, whatever that looks like. And I, like I said, I think it is changing where it's not looked at as selfish if mom or dad, you know, goes to the go for a bike ride on the weekend or, you know, something like that. Yes, yes, absolutely. That was, you know, as a parent that you do get that mommy or daddy guilt and you, you have to talk differently to yourself. That self-talk was no, my kids are welcome to come and do this with me, but I don't want to always, I want to do it all the time. So I don't want to force them, right? I don't want them to hate being right. active. So they do it with us a lot, but not as, as much as what my husband and I do it. But it's also a way of us dating, right? Keeping, flourishing the relationship and keeping it in good spirits. And at the same time, you're, it's healthy for you. So uh, I, I think it's very important to prioritize that one-on-one um, time with your partner, whether you have kids or not. And, and, you know, also find times to include your children. Yeah. What, what's changed? Like what kind of things do you do now uh, that you, that you didn't do before? Well, I would say that before we would go to the movies a lot more. We'd go to places like arcade places or jump, jump places for our kids. Okay. Or, um, things where we weren't as parents being active, but our kids were being more active. Um, or I mean, maybe they weren't active, but we were we didn't have bicycles, so we had to buy bicycles. Um, we didn't have smart watches, so that was like the biggest part. Uh, I think helping me, you know, begin my accountability was understanding how much movement I was doing, and so I had to invest in smartwatch, and I bought one for my husband, and then my husband was like, you know what, the kids need to know how much they're walking too. And then I was riding my, at the time, he was 14-year-old's bicycle through the neighborhood. And my husband laughed and said, I'll just get her a bike and get me a bike. And then, so we, like, eventually we just sort of, you know, we, before we didn't go hiking, we do hiking now. Um, We're just always finding it, we have a neighborhood that is a really safe neighborhood. We just go on a family walk. we didn't. We did not go on a family walks before, 
uh, ever. We did not go bicycling before we owned bicycles. Um, we didn't do any of that. Um, now, if we go to the movies, it's maybe once every four to five months, right? And yeah, we just have transitioned the type of uh, family time. Yeah. And I, those are all great ideas. And I love that, like you said, you've just transi- transitioned into different activities and different things and making activity more centered, you know, more of a centered. Yes. That you're that's, able to work around. That's exactly what we do. So like when we went on a family vacation last year, we went to um, Hilton Head. Okay. Everything was revolved around exercise. Whatever we did, I mean, we're going to the beach. We're going to go ride our bikes on the beach, right? We're going here. We're riding our bikes everywhere. So you rent bikes there, and you just ride bikes everywhere. Um, so we were constantly like, we did take our kids to this donut place, and they got donuts. But that was after we rode at least ten miles with the kids. So yeah. Um, Again, not completely restricting, but um, centering what we do around exercise. Yeah. And that kind of leads us into the next thing I wanted to ask you about, which is food and recipes. What what are some of your favorites or what do you feel like has kept you on track? Okay. I would feel... (laughs) What keeps me on track is keeping it simple. I think the most important behavior that I challenged myself with is consistency. Okay. And implementing consistency with all aspects of life. So in my diet, I think the best way to maintain consistency is to keep it simple. Um, Don't overcomplicate that you have to have this unique meal every time you have a different meal. Like, oh, I had this for breakfast yesterday. That's okay if you have it the next day. Yep. So I, I I eat egg whites. And the, I go to Costco, get the Kirkland brand. I think I shared that with you. Yes, I you eat did. egg whites. And if I'm not going to have Canadian bacon, I'll sometimes eat the whole carton of egg whites. And I fast. So in the mornings, I drink my coffee. And I no longer, I was using nut paws. I was like, you know what? I, I can use this Fair Life protein uh, drink as my creamer. So that's what I use for my creamer now. I'll use some stevia and some like sugar-free um, caramel syrup to give okay. it some flavor. Um, but I I used to be a big coffee creamer, coffee mate fan, and I didn't realize how much I was actually just drinking creamer than what I was coffee. So now I, I put in my Fair Life protein drink uh, as my creamer and uh, stevia and the sugar-free syrup and then I usually eat between I would and if I am hungry I listen to my body right so okay. I will eat before I don't I'm not going to restrict oh I absolutely can't eat until this time if my body's hungry I will feed myself but what I feed myself is important I won't just binge so I will intention I intentionally eat um I intend what I, I call it I I intentionally fuel my body. Mm-hmm. So protein, I try to get a minimum of 25 grams to 30 grams of protein on my first meal. 
because that's going to set me up for the rest of my day. I have found that when I don't do that, I spiral out of control by the end of the night, you know, constantly hungry and not feeling full. So even if I do eat other protein items throughout the day, if I don't start off, if I start off with just, um, I don't even know how to not eat protein first. Uh, if I started off with like a bowl of cereal or just oatmeal, uh, I'm going to be hungry all day long. Yeah. And um, so I start off with egg whites, Canadian bacon, um, the Canadian bacon also the Costco's, but like egg whites, you know, is 25% protein to the serving. Uh, Canadian bacon, I think it, it's 11 grams of protein or 10 grams of protein for 60 calories for three for one serving. I mean, so again, I'm, I'm focusing my macronutrients on making sure that I am getting a lot of protein in each meal. Um, I would say within a couple hours, sometimes just two hours, I'll have the oikos, I don't even know how to pronounce it correctly, but the Greek yogurt and uh -huh. 15 grams yeah. of protein, 100 calories. I get that from Costco as well. Um, I'll sometimes put in blueberries and strawberries. Um, and there's this premier protein cereal that okay. is, have you heard of that before? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't tried it. Okay. So I switched that out. Like, so I supplement, right. It's, or I have, instead of using the granola that I used before, which was okay, but it was a lot more calories and less protein. This one's a lot more protein and less calories. So I no longer use that granola. I use the premier protein cereal if I'm going to put cereal in it or if I want a granola taste. Or sometimes I'll just skip out on it if I'm going to, if I want my calories to be less. Mm -hmm. um, sweet potatoes. You can make so many meals out of sweet potatoes. I didn't care for sweet potatoes before. I was like, okay, no, I don't, I'm not a sweet potato fan. But okay. you, you learn, like you can eat sweet potatoes as a dessert. Right, you could put yeah. marshmallows and all that yummy stuff in it, and it fills uh, fulfills your sweet tooth. Or you can like saute some peppers and onions and some chicken, and load it up inside the sweet potato and like sprinkle some cheese on it, and it's delicious and it's satiating. And you've got your protein, your vegetables, and your fiber. Um, so I also like try to eat all colors of the rainbow with my vegetables and fruits. Um, I don't do iceberg lettuce unless I'm like doing a, um, uh, not iceberg, I would do romaine lettuce on a cheeseburger. I, I don't eat buzz with my cheeseburgers anymore. Um, and so I'm really big on kale and spinach. Um, and I find that sometimes your body digests it better if you cook it down and like maybe put it in your egg whites or something. Okay. Uh, I love seafood uh, of all sorts. I mean, oysters, scallops, shrimp. I love salmon, uh, fish, boneless, skinless chicken all the way. Um, I also, like I said, I will get like blueberries and strawberries and like, put some whipped cream in it and yeah. dark, dark chocolate. Um, but I find that if I'm really wanting like an ice cream, I want ice cream all the time. I love ice cream or popcorn. Okay. popcorn. I eat popcorn too, but I eat the Kirkland brand bag of popcorn and my shirt with my kids. But that Fairlife protein drink, if you blend it with some ice, 
It is like drinking or eating a frosty from Wendy's. It's the, okay. you can have the same texture. It's amazing. So, but you're getting 30 grams of protein and 150 calories versus what you would get if you had ice cream. Right. Um, so like my salads, I learned that dressings, like you always hear, oh, put the dressing outside or no dressing. You can have a salad, but no dressing. And dressing, that's where all the uh, hidden calories are. Who wants to eat a dry salad? Right. So <laughs> I eat the Bolt House Ranch. Okay. Um, which is really low in 50 calories per, I think two tablespoons. And I don't even use the two tablespoons. So, um, and I've discovered skinny cow cheese um, over mayo. Um, and if I want a, a sandwich, I'm really big on like chicken deli meat. Um, but I will, in lieu of, you know, I'll put lettuce in there, romaine lettuce or spinach. But in lieu of bread, um, it's not, every now and then I'll have, a piece of toast but in lieu of bread i will use the old extreme wellness uh high fiber wraps okay yep uh what else do i do i don't know that, that's uh the edamame um it's a special edamame noodles i have i wasn't a big pasta fan before because i knew it was a lot of hidden calories but there's this edamame noodle um, that you can use instead of spaghetti noodles. And it is, I think it's 44% protein. Okay. Um, that sounds good. Yes. So it's like you can eat the whole, you can't eat the whole box because it fills you up. Like you can only eat a quarter of the box of noodles and you are extremely full and you've got a lot of protein. Um, my kids are probably sick of it. I was, I usually have it at least once a week for dinner. <laughs> with, uh, I, I make it instead of like with my, I make a spaghetti sauce with meat and um, those are the noodles that I use. So do you eat a lot of the same things? I eat a lot of the same things. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it makes your growth like you, that's part of, that's part of it, right? You learn that consistency. Don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple. But it also helps you be able to plan. Uh, part of staying consistent is, you know, maintaining your grocery shopping, you know, making sure your pantry, your refrigerator has those things um, so that you're not. And, and when you go on a trip, like I don't care if it's just a 45 minute trip down the road, you know, make sure you have your water. Always have a water cup. Um, but I will bring an apple or a protein drink and bowl just in case, even if I don't yeah. eat or drink it, you have to plan for that because you don't want to get to a point where you are craving and you hurry up and pull in the fast food. Yep. So I absolutely uh, have pretty much the same foods. I know what works with high in protein, what's low in calories and I just mix it up. Like, I'll, well, today we want this. So we'll, you know, instead of, making chicken we make shrimp and we stuff it in the sweet potato with peppers and onions and cheese and it sounds crazy and then one day we're having you know sweet potato with some brown sugar and um, butter and cinnamon um, so it, it's taking pretty much the same items and just switching it up a little bit yeah well it all sounds delicious you're making me hungry now I know <laughs> Uh, the I looked at the edamame spaghetti. It is um, 
Explore Cuisine Organic Edamame Spaghetti. Okay. Uh, it is, it's amazing on the um, macronutrients. Cool. Is that from Costco or do you find that somewhere else? Um, that's not at Costco. I wish that was. Um, that is Kroger's. Okay. If you have Kroger's there, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for the whole box, it's 320 calories and 44 or 42 grams of protein, which is huge because yeah. nobody eats a whole box of spaghetti to himself. Right. Right. Well, that is amazing. You've given me some great ideas, some new things I have to try for sure. I like easy as well. I am not yeah. someone who needs different meals every day or I want easy, something I can make fast, some things that I can make ahead of time. I take my yes. lunch to work. So I'm always looking for kind of easy lunch ideas that I can make or throw in my lunch bag and make when I get to work. So yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I eat a lot of the same stuff. I think if, if you find what works for you, then keep doing it and you'll continue to see the results. Yes. I'm still working. You know, <laughs> I, I feel really good. I'm really happy, but I'm st still pushing, still working on it. So well, I think you look phenomenal and you should be extremely proud of yourself. And I have never really heard your story and I would hope to someday be able to hear your story and you know, what led you to where you're at. Um, but I, I really appreciate you being a cheerleader to, I, I want to say, you know, not just weight loss surgery uh, patients or people looking to do it, but I mean, to our, everyone that is able to access that when you have that scrolling through social media, that's what you need. That's, that's what we need to be contagious with. Yeah. Thank you. Well, absolutely. I'm, I enjoy it. It keeps me accountable. I am very happy. I'm very happy with my progress. I feel like this, like I mentioned earlier, this was the reset that I needed to change my lifestyle. And I, I want to just continue where this is just the norm. This is how my life looks now, you know, and I, like I said, I never want to go back. I never want to feel that way again. And so I, I enjoy the accountability and the motivation. It goes both ways. You know, I absolutely love seeing everyone and like, I like seeing what other people eat and like, oh yeah, egg whites and Canadian bacon. I can totally make that. That's easy and loaded <laughs> protein. Like I love it. So, so I'm, I love that. So thank you so much for taking the time and sharing. And, um, I, I really appreciate your, your honesty and everything you shared. And I know that people listening can relate to that because I certainly can. And so thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the platform to be able to share my story. Absolutely.